Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure listen. The podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock. Sure listen. 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 Oh, very exciting, Benjamin. We're on the penultimate episode before Christmas. Oh, thank God, Michael. It's nearly over. It's nearly the end of the year 2021 and may it rest in peace, the absolute son of a bitch. Uh, We're going to get a 2022 repeat, I'm telling you. Bad sequel. It's going to be very bad. It's going to be like Home Alone 2. It's going to be exactly the same thing again with everyone going, how could they have been so irresponsible to have let the exact same thing happen again? Why did they do this? Sure, listen, Benjamin. No, I say sure look, don't I? Sure look, Benjamin. (laughs) We are going to be taking a look this week at Sonic 2. There's a new trailer for Sonic 2, speaking of letting things happen again. Also, we're going to stretch ourselves a little bit out of our usual comfort zone and take a look at Operation Fortune. And then there's been some very bad news on the Cowboy B-Boy front. A real double whammy of Cowboy B-Boy bad news. And, Benjamin, we've seen the latest episode, episode 4 of Hawkeye. Sure, listen, Michael, if the wheels weren't coming off your sanity fast enough, this week we've made ourselves rewatch all of the Spider-Man films before the MCU reboot. <laughs> Benjamin, you said to me, Michael, do I have to watch Spider-Man 1, 2 and 3, 1 and 2 before I can enjoy Spider-Man 3 again? Again. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 again, again. Yes. And Michael lied to me and said, yes, you do. It's essential watching. And Michael, I'm, I'm here to tell you, pal. I don't think it is. No. Well, I knew that, Ben. It was all a ruse, a ruse de guerre, as it were. Uh, Benjamin, for the for today's episode, we'll be referring to them as Spider-Man 1, 1, 2, and 3, oh, Spider-Man see. 2, 1, and 2, and Spider-Man 3, 1, 2, and 3. Oh, I see. Okay. I'd like you to stick to that. I know you struggle with numbers, so that's going to provide a lot of this week's amusement. Oh, no, Michael, I see, what, I see the mistake you've made. I don't struggle with numbers, Michael. I struggle with life. Life, that's what I meant. It's, yeah. it's a general thing. Benjamin. Yes, Speaking of struggling with numbers, have you seen the trailer for Sonic 2, This Time There's More Sonic? Michael, I made the running order. I think you know I have. Well, Ben, I know, but it's kind of a little podcasting conceit for the well, listeners. It is, it is, it is, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, I have. And uh, in anticipation of, of that rewatch, I went and watched Sonic 1 because I've never seen that, Michael. I've never seen <laughs> Sonic 1. You've watched a lot of films this week, Ben. I have. I've been a very busy boy, Michael. I've been a very... How have you had so much time to be watching films? Michael, it's the cold winter nights. It's the cold winter nights, Michael. They're long and unforgiving. Mm. And sometimes you want the warm, bammy embrace of a good old film. Now, Michael, so far this week, I've only gotten the warm, bammy embrace of one good film, and then I've had to watch five shit ones. Oh, no. What was the one good one? Are you saying that the one good one was Sonic? It was Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) The one good film I've watched this week is Sonic. With your favourite, James Marsden. James Marsden is such a handsome man. So handsome, so generic. so handsome. Benjamin, who's doing Sonic's voice in Sonic 1? I forget. It's Ben... Templesmith. No, it's not Ben Templesmith. That's what we'll be reading next week on Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. Oh yeah, I got mixed up. Yeah, you got mixed up there, Michael, but that's okay. Uh, It's... Uh, ben Shapiro No it's not Ben Shapiro Ben Shapiro <laughs> It's Ben Shapiro It's not Ben Shapiro It's noticed conservative commentator Ben Shapiro It's not Ben Shapiro So Sonic just runs up to people He runs up at like a thousand miles an hour And just as Dr. Robotnik is about to grab the Chaos Emerald Ben Shapiro says Well I think you'll find that the gender wage gap is actually an illusion Chaos Emeralds don't care about your feelings you liberal <laughs> cuck I don't know if um, 
Ben Shapiro takes quite that attitude, Ben. But anyway, <laughs> what are we talking about? There's um, a trailer for there's a trailer for two, Ben. One of the things that has upset me about this trailer, and let's get straight into what's upsetting me about things this week, okay. is Benjamin. I'm a real bloody Sonic the Hedgehog purist. In fact, I have my I have a cartridge of Sonic the Hedgehog two here in my hand for some reason, totally okay. unrelated to this okay, trailer. That's handy. I just happen to have this here. You with actually me. do. We'll take a I picture do. of that later on for the for the Instagram. There you go. Look, you can see it. Um, it's reflecting my, my fancy new ring light. You, Benjamin, you have a ring light? You fancy do, little yeah. bastard. I've got a fancy new ring light. When did Benjamin, you get a ring light? That's where your eyebrows went last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows. You Benjamin, didn't tell me you made an exquisite lighting change to improve your aesthetic quality. Benjamin, have a look at that cartridge there. Who do you see on that cartridge there? I, I see one hedgehog and one fox with the genetic yes, mutation. That is Sonic the Hedgehog, Ben. Yes. And Miles Tails Prower. Very good. Um, ben, do you know this history of that name? It's quite funny, actually. No, go on. Give me, give me a little history there. The, the Japanese wanted to call him Miles Prower. Right. Ben, do you get the joke Miles Prower? As in Miles per hour in a vehicle. Yeah, exactly. Like going very fast because he's good. Sonic's mate. And the Americans wanted to call him Tails. Boo. Because he's got two tails. And they're very literal people, there. so when they see they're something, very they're literal like, those people. are tails! <laughs> they're very literal people, the Americans, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah. What do we call this guy? We'll call him Legs! <laughs> I think the Americans got to name Knuckles. But anyway, Benjamin, where I'm going with this... Where I'm going hey, with those this are is, really pronounced. We should call him that. We should call him Knuckles. And look at his friend over here, Teeth. <laughs> Benjamin... So they called him Miles Tails Browers. So his his full his real name is Miles Brower, but his his nickname is Tails. Okay, fair enough. But where I'm going with this is Ben. Do you see who's in Sonic Two? Yeah, it's uh, Miles Tails Brower. Yeah, and, and it's Sonic. Uh, Sonic Prick Hedgehog. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Look, he's got very prominent pricks. <laughs> he's got very prominent pricks. We'll let's just call him the Blue Prick. Uh, yes. Well, <laughs> mm, maybe not. Let's not. Benjamin, yeah. there's no Knuckles in Sonic 2. There isn't. And the kind of big twist at the end of Sonic 1, not the big twist, but the Marvel-esque um, teaser for the next one, was the introduction of Tails. Yes, it was. It, there was a little whirlwind with some with some leafy boys. Yeah, and exactly. And then we got a bloody Miles uh, Tails per hour saying, oh boy, I hope I'm not too late. Woo-wee. But now, Ben, they've gone and said, I don't know if Tails, I don't know if introducing Tails can carry a film, so let's skip straight to Knuckles. That's interesting, Michael. That was my thought on the original Sonic, where I said, I don't know if Sonic can carry an entire film. Mm, but you enjoyed it in the end. I did enjoy it in the end, Michael. Jim Carrey is back to his roots. He's just Jim Carreying about the place, isn't he? But, but he did it great, Michael. I really enjoyed Dr. Robotnik. Mm. He's a real prick. Yeah, he's no use. He's great. Yeah, he should have been called Mustache. His evil the playlist Sonic. scene is phenomenal. <laughs> What's on his evil playlist, Ben? I don't remember. I get, it's it's turning me evil. It's a '60s song uh, called "I'm Feeling Evil," um, and it's from the 1960s. It's about a woman who's bewitched a young man so much that he's feeling like doing evil things. Now, Michael, that'd never hold up today because consent is power, and we—that's what mm. we believe here at this podcast. But uh, it's a pretty weird song. But uh, Jim Carrey is having the best bloody time to that song, and it was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh, very good, Benjamin. What? Knuckles, you see. Yeah. is the classic. Knuckles is a classic 90s character, Ben. He's like the main character, right. but he's a little bit more extreme. Right. And initially, they have a misunderstanding classic. and therefore are enemies. Yes. And then later, they do a team-up. Of course they do. 
Is that what's going to happen in this film? I hope so, Michael. But come here to me. T- tell me something. Why is Idris Elba in everything? Because Idris Elba is very hot right now, Ben. He's been very hot for quite a long time. Idris Elba has never stopped being hot. From Stringer Bell to now, Michael, Idris Elba has blazed a trail for British actors in Hollywood. Yeah, British actors playing purple echidnas with big knuckles. First to do it, Michael. First to do it. Yeah, uh, I don't think he is the first to do it because lots of people have voiced knuckles in previous games. First to do it, Michael. First Probably to do the first, it. The first on film, Ben. First on film, Michael. Michael, Michael. it was Ben Schwartz, by the way, who voices uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Ben Shapiro. Ben, ben Shapiro. Schwartz is like comedy's Ben Shapiro. So, I, I mean, yeah, uh, you can see it. I quite like Ben Schwartz. I don't yeah, like yeah. Ben Shapiro. Oh, I thought you quite liked Ben Shapiro as well. No, no. It's a common mistake. They do think that all Bens know each other and like each other very much because <laughs> yeah, of the narcissistic yeah. quality of the name. But no. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're on the Benternet. The Benternet. Yeah, it's like the internet, <laughs> but only for Bens. It's very, uh, very extreme. Very interesting. Uh, very right wing. Yeah, it's very right wing on the old, on the um, old Benternet. <clears throat> come here to me, Michael. Come here to me. I'll tell you who's not on the Benternet, Ben. Yes. Bloody Uncle Ben. I tell you, I tell you. That would have been a great segue for about 35 minutes later in this podcast. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't pass it over. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fantastic. Had to get it in there. No. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of things that probably would be better off passed over, I really thoroughly enjoyed the trailer for Operation Fortune. Ah, uh, Michael, I am, I'm in. I'm <laughs> Consider me pre-booked at the cinema yeah. whenever that comes out. Looks great. The latest film, Ben, from Gr- Guy Bush Richard... I, I tell you, I tell you what, Guybert yes. Richard Michael, yeah, makes great films. Sometimes, yeah. I have to say, the win versus losses streak on the El Guy Ritchie films, Michael, is in the very positive sphere of of that side of yes. things. Yes, he did that one with Madonna. Remember? Ah, oh, yeah, swept away, Michael. Yeah, he did that. That was a big win. Yeah, bet you didn't think I knew the name of that film. <laughs> I didn't. Surely. <laughs> I tell you though, <laughs> what I liked the gentleman. Yes, that was great. I could take or leave the Sherlock Holmeses though. Ah, uh, I liked Sherlock Holmes one. I thought it was a good little. I thought it was a good little romp, Michael. Yes, but this looks very entertaining. It looks like Jason Statham is playing his character from Spy, aka the only good thing from the film Spy. Yes, the only good thing from the film Spy. <laughs> he's playing that character, but in a bit more of a real world. Yeah, for real. But he's still very <laughs> heightened. He's playing it for real, Michael. Yeah, he's playing that character for real. It's great. What a great idea. Someone saw the film Spy and said, oh, there's a hint of a great idea there. Guy Ritchie saw the film Spy. Oh, yes, and that's went, who it oh, was, yeah. That's gas. So he first rang up his good pal Jason Statham, whom he gave an acting career to, mm. and said, hey, come here, you were fairly, you were fairly outshone in that uh, by no fault of your own there. Uh, don't know why you were the main attraction in the movie Spy. Come yeah, here. you're the best thing. How about I make you the main attraction in a movie about a spy? Yeah. We'll call it Operation Fortune and your name will be John Fortune. John Fortune. Uh, Now, Michael, there's there's quite a cast going on here. Let's not lie to each other. Bloody Aubrey Plaza's in it, Michael. Aubrey Plaza appears to be playing Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, we should try and get Aubrey Plaza on the podcast, Michael. She could probably do a good Aubrey Plaza for us. She probably could, yeah. Um, So, yeah... He's there. Jason Statham is there. Josh Hartnett's here. Josh Hartnett's back, Ben. He's usually only picking things that are independent passion projects. Yeah, he's having he, the... He got burned in Hollywood for some reason. There's going to be an interesting story that comes out of that someday. I feel that there's a, a Brendan Fraser-style story that's going to come out of that someday. Do you think? I reckon he's had a run-in with someone someone who he's not allowed to say. 
I, that's what I mean. But like, it's going to come out one day that maybe, maybe that poor man may have been sexually assaulted in Hollywood yeah, at yeah. some point. I, I feel like it's a. I feel like, thankfully, it's far more a, a Brendan Fraser than a Kevin Spacey moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You think he might be more the victim rather than the instigator. Yes, I think it's also very tragic that we now have common phrases that we can use to actually distinguish both sides of that <laughs> argument. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least it's not a Harvey Weinstein. It, it's not a Weinsteining. No, we've mm. we've avoided that. Anyway, he's in it. Uh, the young fella from The Gentleman is in it. Yeah. Uh, the MMA fighter. Yeah, who can't is remember the, his name. I can't remember his name, which is really bad. Um, and then bloody Hugh Grant's back playing the same character he played in The Gentleman. Yes. That's quite interesting, isn't it? But not obviously, because in the gentleman he was a he was a bloody. Um, at first, I thought of this part of the guy Rishi. I can't say these names. Is this part of the guy Rishi Hugh Grant cinematic universe? But it's not. It's not. No, it's a different character. He's a it's, billionaire this time. He's the same guy this time. He's just a billionaire. Hugh Grant has really transitioned into. I'm just gonna go smarmy now. Why not? Maybe this was always Hugh Grant. Maybe Hugh Grant was fooling us all for years with his mm. bumbling, charming British persona. But he mm. was actually always <laughs> just Fletcher from The Gentleman. Benjamin, I have seen this plot before. Where have I seen this plot where they get an actor to play a spy? Oh, that's a great question. And you're right. It has been in something before. Oh. It might have been the film Spy with Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, it's um, go on. The spy who knew too little with Bill Murray. Is it? it Bill Murray plays a bumbling American who is uh, who goes to uh, uh, what he thinks is a immersive theater experience where he gets to be the main character in kind of a crime drama but it all spirals out of control Michael and it's a spy mystery at the end and he's bumbling along because he thinks it's all a show oh yeah yeah yeah. this is a bit different because Joss Hartnett does seem to know that it's going on he does seem to know that it's going on but I cannot remember for the life of me what it is it also Ben has Carrie or Carrie Yules who's that Michael who you know from being Wesley in the Princess Diaries oh yeah yeah he's there He's there as well. I saw him the other night in A Castle for Christmas, Ben. One of the worst movie-going experiences I've ever had. What's A Castle for Christmas, Michael? It's it's the latest film, Ben, in the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. Where you where a, a young, struggling woman who's an ambitious person and a go-getter inherits something. Yes, but it's not. It's Brooke Shields and she's 60. And but, she inherits a castle? But, no, she falls in love with a guy who owns the castle, and but she has money, and he Ben. Look, it doesn't bear th- talking about. Other right, than okay. it has Carrie Yules in it. Okay, I think I'd like to see that film now, Michael. So I'll go watch no, that after this. It's no um, use at all, Ben. Ben, there's a whole Netflix. This is amazing. I've only discovered this over the last couple of days. There's a whole Netflix Christmas movie cinematic universe where they do every year. Netflix releases four or five Christmas films. Are they all connected? And like, and they're all connected. And the characters cross over and do cameos and what? post-credit scenes and stuff. It's absolutely oh. hilarious. Michael, I know what next week's topic is. <laughs> well, I've already seen most of them. Yeah, so. That's great. You're sorted. I'm, I'm about yeah. to go through another week of hell. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the, my, my favourite thing about this is the name of the man at the centre of this. Jason Statham is playing a character called Orson Fortune. Mm, yeah. What a name! I think, I think it's John Fortune. Is it not John? No, Fortune? it's Orson Fortune. Michael, I've looked it up. Um, I thought this was another kind of Man from Uncle style gig where it was based on an older property and it's getting a reboot. But I don't think it is. I think Guy no, Ritchie has finally said, "No, nah, I'm making my own spy film." 
It seems to be its own thing, yeah. It seems yeah. to be he's doing his own thing. But it's just such a complex name for its own thing. Ben, I had not seen Sight nor Sound of this. It just popped up in front of a YouTube video I was watching. <laughs> and I can't remember the last time a trailer made me want to see a film. The, Trailers I, are, they've so, they've so lost their way in what they're supposed to be that... Like now trailers are like if you look at any of the Spider Man trailers, yes. the Spider Man trailers aren't designed to make people want to see the film. The Spider Man trailers are designed to build hype. Yeah, it's all hype part Yeah, it's all part of the But this was more like you've never heard of this film before, have you? Would you like to see it now if we show you these bits? And I Yes I would like to see it. <laughs> yes, that looks great. <laughs> Turns out it's a it's a, a resounding yes. Yes, I would. I'd love to see that. Thank you very much. Oh, very good of you, YouTube. Finally, you get one right. One, one a, once a year. Once a <laughs> year, you get delivers. one right. I tell you what, though, Ben. There's one thing that apparently people don't want to watch. Oh, okay. What's that? And that's Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. I, Michael, unfortunately, we have seen the cancellation of your new favourite show, the thing that you are most obsessed with, so much so that you went out and bought a blue velour suit, Michael. Yeah. And a corgi. Which I yeah. think was a, a misplaced purchase, Michael. Adopt, don't shop. But there you go. And uh, so much so that you've you've actually changed your name in a Miles Tales per hour kind of twist. You are now Michael Spike. Uh, I'm not going to say your second name because we, no, you can. <laughs> Leonard. We do. We, we often Michael do. Michael Spike it's Leonard. The, it's on the it's on the website, Ben. Michael Spike Leonard, which is a it's a step up from Michael Spiegel Leonard, which may have been lost in translation somewhere. Yeah, well, I tell you what, it was originally Michael Spike Fearless Spiegel Leonard, but that was a bit much. It was a bit much. It was a mouthful, people, as they say in the industry. Yeah, people didn't people didn't really take to it. Just like the Netflix series Cowboy Bebop, Benjamin. Yeah. I think this is a great shame. I think it could have been it could have been very good. Do you? Yeah, I think it could have been. I think season two and three of that could have really taken the reins and run with it. I think, I think that's a real sad lost opportunity there. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, that is, that is a shame, Michael. But as was pointed out to us by a good friend of the podcast, Nine Wassies. Yes. How many more. Wassies did you say there, sorry? There's nine of them, Michael. Nine Not to be confused with internet sensation Eight Wassies or yeah. the much maligned Ten Wassies. Nine Very Wassies. Very derivative. Just enough Wassies for us. Yes. Um, but he got in touch with us on the Discord, which you should all get up on. Hop up on it. Hop up on that Discord, baby. And he gave us some very sad news. It turns out that the original writer of the Cowboy Bebop uh, animated series, Kiko Nobumoto. Yeah, I think it's Keiko. Uh, Ke- sorry, Keiko Nobumoto. I, yeah. I will have butchered that in one form or another. Um, has sadly passed away at 57. Yeah. 57, not a great innings. Not a great innings. Quite abrupt. We, um, quite abrupt, as we often say on the podcast, Ben. Apparently, Ben, and you know, no great anime, anime fans are we here at the podcast. We are not. I have seen three episodes of Cowboy Bebop, six episodes of Dragon Ball Z, most of One Punch Man, and Akira. That's it. And we're gonna we're gonna keep updating that list <laughs> every time we watch a new anime. I'm gonna add it to that list. But Ben, apparently, almost single handedly, and you know I don't believe in great man syndrome, Ben. Where you don't Michael. people single handedly do things, Good man. but largely responsible for the move towards realistic depictions of people in anime. Yeah, so she also penned a, a very famous anime Christmas movie called Tokyo Godfathers, Michael. What's that about? Uh, Tokyo Godfathers is about three homeless people that find a baby. Ben, you're thinking of the film Three Men and a Little Lady. with uh, Yeah, Johnson. I am, but this time they're homeless and in Tokyo. Oh. 
Um, Ted the Dancing though. Uh, yeah, pretty much. There's a, there's a bit of a vibe like that going on in it. Um, and it's about their kind of uh, epic quest to get the baby into the hands of their parents um, because they feel that the baby's been misplaced as opposed to uh, intentionally abandoned. Oh. And uh, what happens is they go through Tokyo and they meet all kinds of wacky characters and it's a very heartwarming Christmas tale, Michael. Where can I see that, Ben? On Crunchyroll? No, it's on the old Netflix, Michael, as we speak. Is it? Yes, it's on the old Netflix. So we well, can what a that. fitting tribute to to that writer then to watch that this Christmas. So maybe that would be a nice thing to do this Christmas is uh, watch the classic Keiko Nobumoto uh, film Tokyo Godfathers. Godfathers, that's what you said. Okay, Benjamin, perhaps yeah. I will. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of uh, cities at Christmas, uh, are you enjoying the old Hawkeye still? Ah, oh, Michael. Michael. What I think it? you know I am. Oh, it's very good, isn't it, Ben? Ben, did very you see good. the? Did you see the latest um, teaser for Spider-Man, You're So Far Away From Home? I'm, I'm not watching the teasers anymore, Michael. I have stepped away from the hype machine. I am now going to wait to see it with yourself, your oh. good lady friend, oh. good friend of the podcast, Shane, yes. and other good friend of the podcast, Oh, Jim. <laughs> Sorry, my brain, my brain just went, no. I would like to know there, Ben, did you forget Jim's name or did you forget who was going? No, Jim. <laughs> Jim. Ben, ben, I was ben, almost going to use his real name. That's where my yeah. brain went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Hold on a second. He's a public figure. He doesn't mind. Okay. Um, ben. Yeah. What was I saying? What was this that I was saying? I'm not going near the hype machine. There's oh, a new you're teaser. not going near the hype machine. In the in the latest teaser, Ben, right. the latest teaser is the first 30 seconds of the film. Oh, boo. And I won't spoil it for you, but he does web swing past a large billboard for Rogers the Musical. Get out of town. So it would appear, Benjamin, that this film is set around the same time as Hawkeye. Oh, Michael, at the end of this Hawkeye season, I swear to God, if Dr. Octopus pops up in the middle of bloody New York, oh. He's got, look at all my tendrils. Look at my tendrils, boys and girls. Wubba-lubba-dub-dub. Ben, that probably throws up some further problems, though, because doesn't this start moments after the end of Spider-Man Far From Home? It's supposed to. three years ago. Yeah, it's supposed to. Um, But remember, we're still operating in the time jump, are we not? Yes. Um, so it's not see this is one of the things that it, it, you know, interestingly enough Michael you've just reminded me of something that annoyed me about the first episode of Hawkeye oh. where it said present day yeah present day when point. present day when because yeah. their present, present is day. not our present it's no, not 2026. 2021 in the Marvel Universe it's 2026 it gets bloody confusing Michael very confusing they're gonna have to keep going Ben for a couple of years and then just gradually sink it back up. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just going to really slow it down for the next couple of years to that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, well, it's 2027. Oh, we're all caught up. Easy enough to do if, let's say, for example, they've released three films in the last year. Okay. And if they are to say that all three of those films happened in January, and then they release three films next year and say, oh, all three of those films took place two months after the previous films. Yeah. Then we're two years in real time, but only one uh, six months in Marvel Cinematic Universe time. And then you catch up if they care. And obviously Sony are always a disaster for this because they famously did the eight years later thing at the start of Spider-Man Homecoming. Because they're bastards. Which completely threw the whole thing out of sync. Because they're bastards. (laughs) You can't trust Sony, Ben. Uh, We'll get to that later, Michael. Benjamin, let's 
do we're we're in a weird situation here where since Marvel have decided on this Wednesday release, we're miles out from from Hawkeye. It was on nearly a week ago by the time the listeners are listening to this. Yeah, and they've seen it. And they've probably seen it, so I don't think we have to terribly worry about spoilers. Okay. Well, all right. Well we'll you let us know either in the comments, on the Discord, on the Instagram. Yeah. You, you let us know if you'd prefer a spoiler warning. But for now, we're going to yeah. safely assume, ladies and gentlemen, that you've seen it. You've seen it or you don't or you or you don't care. Yes. Benjamin, there's a bloody black widow. She's coming at you. <laughs> She's coming at you. And he says it in a really he makes it very serious. Someone has hired the black widow. And it's like nobody's hired her. Stop that. He, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's not caught well, up with the events. Bloody, bloody Elaine from Seinfeld, Elaine from Seinfeld has been chatting to her. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sent her. Benjamin. Yeah. I quite like this episode. And my favourite bit of the episode was not the rooftop fight, um, which was, I thought, a bit silly. I think it was the poorer part of the episode, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I was like, oh, God, is there anyone else here could, who are all goodies who are going to eventually realise that they're all on the same side? Yep. Benjamin. My favourite scene was Hawkeye and Hawk Girl having a bloody Christmas. That was great. That was the best bit. Bloody coin flipping. The, tossing coins around the place. You know, we don't get enough of that from Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh. where he's he's good at aiming. I think this episode makes it very, very clear, Michael, how much we've been underestimating one Clint Barton. Go on. Um, I think, I think, oh, I like that exchange, Michael. I like how that winds down, that scene winds down where she's like, but you're a hero. And he's like, nope, oh. nope. I'm a weapon. <laughs> He's like, my life has a weapon. Uh, exactly. Went, That's the name of the comic. I did, Ben. I did the, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. That's um, the name of the comic, I said to myself. Um, and that's exactly it. But, you, you know, it's interesting because I think we get a, a better look at S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization. And we get a better look at what the Avengers probably initially was going to be, Michael. Just wetworks. Uh, it was just wetworks. It was just yeah. going to be a bunch of people who could kill people quickly. But with, they've always had that, Ben. They've had Hawkeye. They've had Black Widow. Yeah. They've had the much underused Ghost. Oh, yeah. Ghost is around. Ghost is from S.H.I.E.L.D., if you remember, Ben. And they, yeah, they're all you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. They, projects. They're all S.H.I.E.L.D. projects. So there's all sorts of sneaky S.H.I.E.L.D. assassination stuff going on in the background. Um, so maybe they weren't the best bunch of lads, even when they weren't Hydra. Yeah, even when they weren't Hydra. Although I suppose we could write all that away, Michael, by saying, oh, well, that was when Hydra was in control of the funding and it was like, blah, 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 blah. But eh, still shady stuff going on yeah, there, Michael. Yeah, you know, the American government has never killed anyone. Benjamin! <laughs> That's the Ooh. end of this podcast. You oh, my tea tastes kind of funny. <laughs> What's that? Ricin? <laughs> What's that in there? Oh, dear. Um, you could do a, a Socrates-style <laughs> narrating of your own death. What a curious mm. sensation. Oh, mm, yes, very unpleasant. There's mm. some, oh, it tastes like ricin. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. There's going to be war. There's going to be war on the internet if there's no kingpin in this. Uh, oh, Michael, if I don't get a kingpin. Oh, it's gonna, the people are going to be very upset. Well, we've, get had big, we've had humongous news this week, Michael. Um, and that is that Daredevil has been confirmed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe by one Kevin Feige. Well, Benjamin. Yeah. I've read that. Right. And I think you've jumped the gun on that assumption. No, that's a fact. No, it's not a fact. No, it's a fact, Michael. What Kevin Feige said, what our Lord and Saviour Kevin Feige, may 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 we all hail upon him. Um, what he said, Ben, was, if we have Daredevil in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he will be played by Charlie Cox. Yeah, but he's he's coming back, Michael. It's it's a fact. Don't, don't, you, don't you piss in my cornflakes on this one, Michael. I will piss on your cornflakes. No, don't then. stop that now. 
Stop I'll that. piss on them any Stop day of the I've week. I've taught you how to use the toilet. You just lift the lid and you go <laughs> up when you need to go. Uh, no. No understand toilet. Piss cornflake. Ben. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, yes. In, in as much as it can be confirmed, it is. But it isn't. This is not... A, it's not an official confirmation from anyone. Oh, uh, you're some it's, it's fan sites. It's fan sites getting ahead of themselves. You leave me alone, right? All he said was, if we bring Daredevil back, it will be Charlie Cox. Now, that's not to say they won't be bringing Charlie Cox back. I'm 100% certain they will at this stage. In some form. But that that announcement itself wasn't a confirmation to my mm. mind, Ben. To my to my legalistic mind. Yeah, well, your legalistic mind can go do one, Michael. Charlie oh, Cox no. forever. Cox forever. <laughs> Bring um, him back. Ben, Cox for Ben. Um, ben for Cox. Yeah, um, in this particular case, when he's done starring in the latest uh, bloody crime drama from RTE. Uh, Is he in an RTE crime drama? He's in an RTE crime drama. He plays a killer in Kin with Aidan Gillen. Does he? He's currently on RTE, Michael. Charlie Cox is currently starring in an RTE crime drama. Is he okay? Does he get lost? I don't know. Did he get lost looking for... He's doing one of the best Irish accents I've ever heard on film. I've heard this about him. I've heard he can do a good Irish accent. It's very good. Ben. Yes. What is the watch, though? And does it matter? Uh, Yeah, I mean, here's here's my big question, Michael. What's this this, uh, watch? What is this? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Is it going to be a twist or is it going to just be not a twist? I think That's it's got something to do with it. Hawkeye, definitely. I think we might use the Ronin time gap as an excuse to create some new object in the Marvel Universe. Right, go on. Um, and I don't know if it's, I don't know what it could be. I'm not sure what it is, Michael. I'm not up to date enough on the Marvel Comics universe to know if it's a reference to anything. I don't think it is, Ben. I think it's possibly... I think his wife was a, sh- a shield agent. I think it's mo- I think Laura's Mockingbird, good and proper. I don't know if she's Mockingbird because they kind of did Mockingbird in Agents of Shield, and not that Agents of Shield precludes them from introducing characters back in. Doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, but I still don't think they're gonna. I I think revealing Laura to be Mockingbird would be the MCU equivalent of revealing Benedict Cumberbatch to be Khan in Star Trek Two. Oh, okay. People who didn't already know who Mockingbird was would go, so? What? What? What's, what's so? that got to do with What's that got to do with anything? So, like, they can have her be a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. I think she probably was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Um, or a spy. Yes. She's very understanding of this whole Black Widow is my best friend thing, isn't she? Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you. She's very understand. She's a very understanding wife because he's, he's known her longer than he's known Black Widow. He That's has. for fucking certain. He has. Because some of those kids are old enough that um, even with the blip that we know when he met her in Budapest mm-hmm. and the kids would have either been born or very nearly about to be born. His wife is very understanding that he was hanging around with that very attractive woman and calling her best friend and is now hanging around with 21-year-olds in New York in empty apartments. <sighs> A bit too understanding, if you ask me. Very, very understanding, in, in my opinion. Um, no, I think I think what we're supposed to take from that um, God level trust <laughs> that she has in her husband is that Clint is just a very good guy. Yeah, yeah. Don't I, worry, don't worry, Laura. It's just Scarlett Johansson. It, it'll be fine. <laughs> it's just Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and Hollywood sensation Haley Steinfeld. Hollywood, and she's like, I was in Scooby Doo. You fuck. I tell you what, they're not covering it up. 
at all in this, Michael, is how old Clint is getting. Yeah, I like that. It's good. Um, it's good. Like, Clint is worn out. Yeah, he's um, like, oh, my ears are very sore. One of my favorite things is him strapping the different kind of mojito concoctions to his body. Yeah, that was some serious product placement, wasn't and it? And he's just like, oh, God, save All me. the pain. Um, I liked Ben. I liked yeah. the dinner table scene. Yeah, I thought you, that was... you called that on the money, Michael Leonard. I wanted good. to text you while I was watching it. You nailed that. What did I do? You said that last week. You said, I think it's going to be a whole big misunderstanding. I'm probably going to have a table scene. And, yeah, and then oh, he stole Michael. the sword back. Chef's kiss. You nailed it. He just stole the, he stole the sword back, Ben. He stole it back, Michael. Not a bother to him. Michael's he's got like, it now. Okay. That was so underwhelming. He's like, oh, he's got the sword. Um, I is thought, he going to do a DNA on it? He I thought do a we DNA might have a nice it, little Jack moment where he'd be like, oh, what's what, uh, what you got on your coat there, bud? Well, Benjamin. Yeah. This isn't my thought. I saw this on the internet somewhere, perhaps on Reddit. But wasn't it funny right. that that Jack Duquesne, who we know is going to be called the Swordsman at some stage, yes, thought thought Clint's superhero name was Archer. Yes. So if he called him Archer, then then Clint could call the other guy Swordsman. Oh, Swordsman, and he'll be like, you know, "That's that, not my that's, name. I'm that's something, something Duquesne." Exactly, but that's where his superhero name can be snuck in. Oh, that's very clever. That's that's what I like doing in the MCU is sneaking in a superhero name and not using it, and then everyone just accepts it and start using it. No one said Black Widow until the end of Civil War, I think. Yeah, and now true. it's like everyone calls her Black Widow constantly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. I, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it, Michael. I'm really enjoying the series so far. I think it's very grounded. It's very good. The rooftop fight scene, as I said, um, in this particular one, not as good. Um, no, yeah, bit, yeah. A bit fumbly, a bit intentionally misunderstandy. Maybe. Um, you know, really going out of their way to remove communication. And that works very well if it had been Maya versus Clint versus uh, Hawkeye 2 Electric Boogaloo. Mm. That would have been good because it's hard to communicate with Maya in the dark because there's no signing um, yeah. available to her. If Clint had lost the earpiece again, we could have pushed the theme of hearing loss so we have more miscommunication. But then when you put Yelena in, yeah, it's just like, Yelena, two words. Two words from Yelena could have yeah. squared all of this up. But- and she's not unaware of who Hawkeye is because they were all in Hungary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was there to get him. Yeah. Yeah. She Why was, didn't she get him? Um, Hawkeye's that good, I think, is the implication. Why I, didn't she just shoot him? I re- She's not killing him, I don't think. I think or she was sent to recruit him, him for... Remember, um, the West Coast Avengers is, is still a thing that Hawkeye was in charge of. And mm. I think that Elaine from Seinfeld yes. is looking to get a familiar face right. from the original Avengers roster to reboot right. her shadow government Avengers. Oh, come and be in the shadows with us. And I think Yelena was sent to bag him. Oh. But not necessarily kill him. Mm. Because Yelena could have done that in her sleep. Could have killed him. She just shot him. She had the drop on him, no bother. Mm. Um, but I don't think that's what she was sent there to do. I think she was sent there to get him and recruit him to the West Coast Avengers. Also, those taser things are uniquely inefficient. Um, all of a sudden. Yeah. 
all of a sudden <laughs> you um, can just reach up and pull them off Maya had nope I, I don't know whether we're supposed to believe that Maya is a very tough human being as a result of that or they're just shit <laughs> maybe they're just a bit shit <laughs> she like powered them up and we were like oh no here's trouble and then it knocked someone down for five seconds five seconds less yeah. maybe was like Maya chipper. was just like oh no what an inconvenience what are these things yeah it was weird mm. anyway Michael I look forward to the mystery of the watch I think we might get a civil war throwback um, because Laura and Hawkeye speak in German together yes um, which might be I a think rev- that I don't think it is I think it's just that they they speak in German so the kids don't understand what's happening okay but the kids are I think that that was just a way of showing us that she knows spycraft uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, mm. so that that's what's going to happen I think I hope we get Kingpin yeah, 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 um, we probably will. There was a lovely exchange during the week where um, Twitter was kind of going bananas over the fact that Charlie Cox has been all but confirmed. All but? In the, in the the He's all but, that Charlie Cox. Mm, um, very thick, two Cs. Th- thick with two Cs, glutes with a capital G. Um, mm. And it, it, uh, everyone was waxing lyrical about the amazing performances. And Vincent D'Onofrio just chimes in and he's like, let's not forget about uh, Deborah Ann Wall did an amazing job as Karen and brought heart to the entire series and she yeah, was like oh my god praise from you means the most in the world to me thank you so much no, and I was nice. like Vinny D class act class act seems to be a class act hope he doesn't turn out to be a real Kevin Spacey Benjamin yes there's so many Spider-Men ah oh, Michael too many Spider-Men spoil the broth that's what they say Ben so we are I'll tell you Ben who isn't on the Ben internet Uncle Ben <laughs> what a segue <laughs> what a segue Ben, ben. yeah um, we are very excited about going to see Spider-Man on Wednesday. It's the most excited I've been all year, Michael. I would like to. Uh, I would like to just quickly put a put a little segue in there. I was excited about going to see Spider-Man. I yes. don't think I am anymore. All right, why well, go on? I think this week's topic may have reminded me why we have to reboot Spider-Man every once in a while, and why bringing back a bunch of people from those previous movies mm. might not yeah, be yeah. the best idea. Yeah, basically, Ben. It rests upon this movie to unfuck 20 years of Spider-Man films. It's not going to happen. And that's a big ask, if you ask <laughs> it's me. It's a big fucking ask from a, from a movie series that hasn't really been the best. Which, oh? At delivering what it, what it needs to do on occasion, Michael. Look, let's just clarify what's happened here. You and right. I, Michael, the, the Icarus level hubris that we fucking hoist upon ourselves on occasion on this podcast Michael boggles my mind yes but you and I said let's do a Raimi review and an amazing Spider-Man review you know just to get us ready just to get us ready for the new one yeah and and Michael God I wish I didn't it's a bit of hard going Um, that was a slog (laughs) <laughs> that was alright what are we doing are we going to give each film about five minutes is we're gonna, that what we're yeah, going to do give each film about five minutes we're going to have All a right. look at it and let's let's oh. do each film an injustice of doing it about five minutes oh, that gives I, us 25 I, minutes I think it's all off. it deserves <laughs> alright come on then Benjamin so 2002 Michael yes Spider-Man. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone had just come out the Philosopher's Stone had just come out and Tobey Maguire gets the acting gig of a lifetime and fucks it Um <laughs> Oh, go on. Go on. The first thing that took me off guard, Michael, I got a rush of childhood nostalgia for this because I was but a wee lad when this came how, out, Michael. How wee were you, Ben? I, uh, 2002. I was born in 1991. I would have been about... Yeah. Nine? No, it's 11. But 11, not a bad cool. effort. That's only not two a bad effort. Out. But that's full of childhood wonder, Michael. Yes. 
And I went to see this and I remember enjoying it specifically. So I sat there and I went, cool. And the first five minutes of narration from one Tobin Maguire made me go, oh, I've made a mistake. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have never seen a man phone in voice narration quite the way Toby Maguire phones in voice narration. In Hi, Spider-Man. I'm Toby Maguire. I mean, I'm Peter Parker and I'm a nerd. Are you sure you want to know who I am? I'm hmm? Spider-Man. Ah, uh, Michael, what a... Uh, bleh, no. I think it's all right, Benjamin. It's It was revolutionary at the time. It's very... It's very Sam Raimi. Very the, Sam Raimi. Going back on it, it would be very easy to to remember it through MCU tinted glasses and think that it is basically like an MCU film, but it really isn't. It, it's not at all. It's not it's a much more heightened world. It's a 1960s Batman, Spider-Man. I wouldn't say it's not quite that camp. Oh, yes, it is. Go on. <laughs> that entire parade festival, Michael, is camp beyond belief. Don't you the dare festival, sit The festival there. is very much uh, it's very much a daytime version of the festival from Batman 1989, isn't it? But worse. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, because and it Mary Jane be in up the there daytime. In her, yeah, in the middle of the day. And Mary Jane up there in her inappropriate Chinese dress. Uh, Sam Raimi. Uh, we might get a Kevin Spacey-esque moment out of Sam Raimi yet, Michael. We'll, we'll get into I'll that in a second. Um. Look, what we get is the core cast are very, very simply Toby Maguire, Willem Dafoe, um, Kirsten Dunst, bloody James, James DeFranco. Yeah, James DeFranco. James Franco. Um, and we get those. And Michael, I don't blame the young actors for maybe botching some of this. There, ben. Yeah. I'm just going to have to put my hand up there and say there aren't any young actors in this. Oh, yeah. How old were they? They're all in their fucking 30s. <laughs> Well then, shame on them, Michael. Shame on them. Um, what we get, Michael, in the the first Spider-Man film is camp, and that's understandable yes. given that superhero movies hadn't been established yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, the performances in this and the characterization in this, Michael, they just they just didn't grab me. I just thought they were weak. Tobey Maguire is very irritating. Yes, Tobey Maguire has never been anyone's favourite Spider-Man until nostalgia made people think that Tobey Maguire is the only Spider-Man. He's terrible. Go on. He's objectively like a bad Spider-Man. Okay, fair enough. Initially, as a as a Peter Parker, fairly solid. Weedy Peter mm. Parker, not a lot of self-esteem, not able to do much, right? You wouldn't have much self-esteem if you were 28 and still in high school. That's fair enough. You have left ages ago. People are like, yeah. oh, you're so good at science. No, I've just done it about 18 times. Yeah, um, I have a PhD. I'm a grown adult man. <laughs> so anyway, once that happens, Michael, we're supposed to transition from shy, nerdy Peter Parker to, you know, a little bit of <laughs> a backbone, Confid- a little bit of confidence. Confident, quippy Spider-Man. And you're supposed to have a very confident Spider-Man in the suit. Like the wisecracking competent superhero you don't get that you just get mm. Tobey Maguire's weird reedy voice behind a mask hi I'm <laughs> Spider-Man I think I like Spider-Man 1 I think yeah I think you're doing it in injustice I, I think the one of the weakest things is Tobey Maguire I think one of the weakest things is Peter Parker the other weak yeah. thing is um, is Kirsten Dunst is just oh. a grossly unlikable Mary Jane throughout um, all three films yeah, yeah, yeah. She's grossly unlikable. But 
there's some real fucking winners in it. And the, the biggest winner of the whole thing is J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson is the best thing, and it's no wonder that they chose him to kind of <laughs> bring back J. as Jonah Jameson as possible. is an incredible bit of casting. And I have to say, although at the time we didn't like the Power Rangers-esque look to the goblin suit, Willem Dafoe as Norman Os- Osborn is a great bit of casting. He's so over the top. He's in a completely different film, Michael. <laughs> yeah. It's great. He's like, ah, I'm coming to get you. I'm the Gobbleine. He's having the best time in a completely different film to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, very and that's, that, that is very enjoyable. In fairness to it, it is very enjoyable. J. Jonah Jameson, um, J.K. Simmons is definitely doing his own dialogue. He's spot he's, on, Ben. He's, he's ad-libbing his own stuff outside of the Raimi script. He's like, I, I, I can do cocky news, man. Right, just let it. me do I've it. I've got this. But I've got this. Get a boy one to my, play some drums and I'll just add a little bit. One of my favorite things um, about that is this is libel. I'm insulted by that. Libel is spoken. <laughs> or no, yeah. what is it? Slander. This is slander. Slander is spoken. Libel is printed. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, ah, ah. Clap, 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 clap. It's very good, Ben. Very good. Benjamin. Yes. After that, though. Yeah. Comes to the best Spider-Man film. Spider-Man of, 2. Of the original trilogy. I would say of the original five. Oh, right. Well, do you think? Do you think one of the Amazing's is better than Spider-Man? No, 2? I think one of the new ones is better. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. Of the original five, oh, of, of the, the original five, and the Amazing's. Sorry. sorry, yeah, no, that's fair. It's, it's the best. That's fair because well, it hits a lot of the Spider-Man notes. Ah. Uh, Still, it has better. Yeah, it hits better Spider-Man notes. There are better moments, better character moments. Um, there is New York love Spider-Man moments, which are very important yeah. moments in Spider-Man stories. You know, so we do get a bit more of that. Kirsten Dunst, oh, still wildly <laughs> unlikable. I don't think it's Kirsten Dunst's fault. I think I, don't I know. think I think Kirsten. I think Mary Jane and Spider-Man are just presented badly in this because. Spider-Man is supposed to be a down-on-his-look nerd who sometimes hits it big. Yeah. And he's he can be a bit beaten down by life, but he always kind of bounces back and has a positive attitude to it. Yeah. And Mary Jane, in the comics at least, is an exciting addition to his life that drives him to adventure. And in this, she's just so whiny. She she's just not enjoyable. She's not fun. Like she's, yeah, she's just a bit of all. a drag. Like she's no crack whatsoever. She also makes one of the most morally reprehensible choices I've ever seen in a film, Michael. Go on. Other than Sophie's Choice, obviously the film. Sophie's Other than choice. Sophie's Choice, that's pretty reprehensible. But uh, Michael, she's like first of all, she gaslights Peter Parker at the start of the film. You love right, me. Say it. Admit it. Say it. And he's like, no, I'm gonna keep you safe because you know. I'm doing the responsible thing. Then she goes off and gets engaged to another man just to spite Peter Parker. Yeah, and he doesn't even become Moonwolf or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I wanted mo- I'm a- more Moonwolf. Hashtag bring back Moonwolf. Yeah, Moonwolf needs to come back. But then, Michael, she does the weirdest thing where she gets her fiancé to shift her upside down like Spider-Man. Come here to me and remind me of that time I shifted Aladdin and Ali. Oh. Yeah. Michael, such many, many weird, selfish choices from Mary Jane Watson in this film. Very, very strange. Um, the the Raimi influence definitely surges forward as well. We get arguably one of the best 
cinematic moments of the entire trilogy, but does not belong in that movie. We get the horror scene of the tentacles coming to life. Yes, that's very good, isn't it? And it kills Jin from Lost. Yeah, and that's straight out of the Evil Dead, Michael. Yes, there's very a chainsaw rainy. thing. There's yeah. a there's a demon perspective from the the actual things. Sam Raimi was just like, oh yeah, I got this. I've got this. Don't I've worry. I've got it. I've got to make this <laughs> horrific. Don't you worry about it. And it is horrific. It's awful. It's absolutely terrifying. It's great. It's very good. Yeah. I distinctly remember cowering as a fifteen year old young fella. I have to say though, Ben. Yeah. Doctor Octopus is traditionally one of Spider Man's kind of dumber villains in the modern eye. Yeah. But they really made him cool. He was and quite cool. He was he quite cool. He is so cool. He looks so cool. He looks so cool that of all of the characters who are returning for the new movie, he has the fewest changes. I think he looks even cooler in the new one with a bit of age. I think he looks even better now as a kind of a thinner, older Dr. Octopus. I thought they de-aged him a little bit, to be honest. Oh, I thought they movie. did the opposite. I thought he's just old and a bit more drawn. No, I think I think this is going to take up from the moment at the end of two where he falls into the sea and his machine blows up and kills really? him. I think it's going to come straight from there. Oh, I see. I think. I think, Ben. I haven't seen it. Oh, I like Alfred Molina. We here at the podcast are big Alfred Molina fans. Unless it turns out that he did something bad. Unless it turns out that he did something bad, terms and conditions yeah. apply. Um, yeah, because he's got e- four extra arms. He's got uh, So he could have been... And those are autonomous. Yeah, he could have been grabbing anyone with those. So he's guilty by association. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He could have been like fucking four Kevin Spaceys at the same time. He was fucking he four Kevin Spaceys at the same time. Yeah, he could have been. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Spacey would be fine with that. This is Benjamin. gross. Benjamin. Um, yeah. He's great. He's absolutely great. The, he looks great. Yeah. The powers are great. Um, I think from the very few clips we've seen from the new movie... They're going to do it. The one thing I don't like about that one, and this is real yeah. comic book bore shit, is that he can take punches from Spider-Man. Yeah. He shouldn't be taking punches from Spider-Man because no aside from the robot be. arms, he's just a normal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Captain America, maybe. Green Goblin. Green Good. Goblin, but he's enhanced. He's enhanced. He's in a power suit and he's got a super soldier serum. Yeah. Fine. Sandman. Yeah. He's just turning into a sand anyway. Yeah, he's made of sand, Michael. So it's yeah, fine. Electro. He's made of electrons. No, he still shouldn't be able to take a punch, Michael. It doesn't. No, I think he should. Electro should. Is he just made is of he... electrons? Is that He's made of electricity, okay. yeah. Alright. Um, but Dr. No, Octopus. No, he's just an Elfler. He's just an Elfler with arms. Yeah, he's just an Elfler with big robot arms. So the robot arms should do all of the fighting and trying to keep Spider-Man away from actually getting to Dr. Octopus. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, that particular film gives us definitely the best villain, a kind of more restrained Willem Dafoe from the first film with mm. with an actually good kind of Shakespearean, I want to do good, I want to, you know, da 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 but oh, I've, I've been exposed to something that won't let me do good because obviously the arms want them to finish themselves. Yeah, you're it, Alfred Molina. You've said Willem Dafoe there, but you uh, mean Alfred Molina. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, Alfred Molina. And then uh, Spider-Man wins, falls into the ocean. Uh, Mary Jane leaves her fiancé on the altar. Um, yeah. Sound. Runs off Spider-Man and promises that she'll do anything, Michael, anything to be with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Put her straight in the bin. And Just web her up. Web her up. Put her in the bin. And then, Michael, in the next film, she goes back on all that. Oh shit. Ben, is this... So, 
Is it a real struggle for you in these three films how much you hate Mary Jane? Is that what it is, really? No, I hate all three of these films in equal measure, Michael. I think Tobey Maguire is awful. Um, Go on. I think my stomach churns when I see him on screen. Um, He makes me cringe, Michael, in turning. Even before the heinous jazz scene of Spider-Man 3, I remember watching going, you're not likable. You're not a likable man, Tobey Maguire. I can't root for you. Mm. Benjamin, yes. at least Spider-Man 3 introduces Gwen Stacy. Does it? It does, yeah. You're not is wrong. she Gwen Stacy or You're Felicia not, Hardy? No, she's Gwen Stacy. Felicia she's Hardy Gwen is Stacey. also introduced. Is she? No, she's reduced in Amazing Spider-Man 2. God damn, yeah, yeah, this gets confusing. Um, Kate, is it Kate Mara? No, it's not Kate Mara. It's, it's your one, one of the Maris. Of, uh, is Stars it Rooney Wars. Mara? No, it's um, your one's from out of Star Wars, isn't it? Uh, Jin Erso. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't her. remember her name in real life. Um, because we here at the podcast, Michael, a couple of misogynists. Um, yeah, female face blindness has struck again. Female face blindness has struck again. Uh, Michael, come here to me. Uh, Spider-Man 3 rocks around. And uh, I, I don't think we'd be... I don't think there's much to be said about this film that hasn't already been said. Um, there's too much. Too many villains spoiled the broth. Um, Michael, they, they overstuffed the pudding. You don't stuff a pudding, but okay. They, oh, man, I have to tell my parents that for Christmas. Um, Stop been... stuffing those puddings. <laughs> but yeah, we've, 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 we've over, overstuffed the turkey. We've, yeah. we've over-gravied the ham. I don't... Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's too many villains, Michael, and too many unlikable people have survived since the last film. <laughs> yes. And, I mean, the worst of it all is the new goblin, isn't it? I mean, it's just... Yeah. Look, I think one of the most interesting things, Michael, and I think what Sam Raimi was going for in number three is shit's always hard for Peter Parker. Like Felicity Jones. Life is <laughs> Felicity Jones. Life is always hard for Peter Parker. That's yes. the core of the Spider-Man character. It's no matter how hard life gets, Peter Parker picks himself up, yep. dusts off his suit and goes at yep. it again. And that's what yep. makes him great. It's been mentioned a couple of times in the comics. You know, Captain America says the man he respects the most is Peter Parker because he gets up after fighting crime all night to teach high school kids because he's just yep. a great fucking guy. Yeah, or do a science or whatever. Or do a science or whatever. Okay. And what we get in this one, Michael, is yes, everybody's shit to Peter Parker, but everybody is too shit to Peter Parker. <laughs> New York is just fucking mean in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, everyone's mean. Everyone's shit. Yeah, you're looking at the you're looking at the one where he becomes confident. You're going, you know what? If I lived in that universe, I think that's the right decision. <laughs> I think that's the worst part. I rewatched it and I went, why is everyone a prick? Why is everyone so mean? Why is everyone such a pillock? Um, mm. And you get to you get to watch the film and you go through it as you go along. And the, the other thing that I noticed about this one, Michael, is if you'd given any one of those villains. The main slot to shine, yeah, oh, yeah, would have been great because I think Venom really isn't that great, but it would have been grand. Oh, I would watch the shit out of a Sandman versus Spider-Man film for a whole mm. hour and forty minutes. Well, I think Batman's to blame for that. Okay, go on now. But the Batman films, the the first couple of Batman films, kind of put in this idea of ever escalating numbers of named villains. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if Batman's to blame, or is it just human nature that we have to escalate things for it to still remain entertaining? I, I but, think it's definitely the first one to do it. I think it's the the instigator of that trope. Hmm. But, 
yeah, it's very much pick one. But famously, Ben, there's lots of behind, and you know, as you said at the start, we're not saying anything here that's not been said before in other places or even on this podcast. But famously, yeah, the third one is massive studio interference as well. Classic. Um, Sam Sam Raimi wanted to do Mysterio, Sandman, and and New Goblin, I believe. All right. And they insisted on Venom, so that's why the Venom thing is almost like a side story. Yeah, it's kind of shoehorned in later. Yeah, yeah. And the New Goblin thing is a bit underdeveloped, and Sandman is underused, even though he's the most interesting of them. Does that mean the weird jazz scene would have been a strange Mysterio-induced fever dream? Possibly. No, I think Mysterio was going to be dealt with. I think Mysterio was going to be like the Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. He maybe was going to top and tail it, but not really be... Oh, okay. The main threat. Okay. I, I would have watched the ever-living fuck out of a classic uh, Sandman. Because he, to my mind, Michael, has the best scene of the entire film. Where he's blown away in the dust. Oh, he's he's blown like, away. oh I'm blown away in the dust. He's blown away, in the, but he reconstitutes himself. And I, I just mm. think that's a really cool scene. There's yeah, no, there's no words. It's just a, yeah. a five-minute pain piece about human existence and perseverance. And I was like, yeah. that's pretty good, isn't it? I wish they hadn't retconned that he killed Uncle Ben. Did they do that? Yeah. Oh, th- th- how did I miss that? I don't know. You were probably fast forwarding. I was probably, probably in sort of <laughs> skipping it. Probably in some sort of fever dream. Ah, oh, so weird, Michael. Yeah, yeah. So weird. Benjamin. Yeah. I watched the Amazing Spider-Man one, or as you call it, Spider-Man two one. Yes. And I'll tell you what. Having rewatched that. It's very upsetting that people are nostalgic about this to the point that there's huge hype about about Andrew Garfield coming back. This is what I mean. <laughs> like, I don't want to see the new Spider-Man anymore. Cause it's just a misstep. The whole thing is a misstep. It it was too soon after Spider-Man 1-1. Yeah. So the first hour is boring as you're watching the inevitable getting of his powers. Yeah. And you're thinking, we know how he gets his powers. I get just this. Just get... get Get past it. So in order to make it interesting, they twist it around a bit. They make it worse. They make it worse by making his parents involved. Just let it be a thing that happens. Let it be a fucking thing that happens. Let it be a thing that happens. They twist it around so much that his parents are spies and his aunt and uncle know and Dr. Kurt Connors is in on it and Norman Osborn is in on it. And Why every, is Dr. And Kurt Gwen Connors Stacey, in on it? Why? And Gwen Stacy works there and the whole time I'm saying, you're overcomplicating this gang. This could be taken, I think even when we saw this 10 years ago, or maybe more, we were looking at it and saying, they could just take this as understood. Yeah. And just get on with it. Which was, I think, one of the strongest things that they did in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. they like, everyone knows where Spider-Man comes from. There's now. no need to do to, this again. There's no need to go through this again. There's no need to try and spruce it up and modernize it and put in spies and plane crashes and secret underground components oh, what and all that was nonsense. That? Um, no need. No need. But i tell you what we will do. We'll make an animated series for Disney Plus in 2022 that does all that. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Boo. Yeah. Benjamin. Yeah. I like the lizard. I have always, the lizard has always been one of my favourite Spider-Man villains. Again, because most of my Spider-Man love comes from early 90s comics and the animated series. Oh, so the lizard was huge in the early animated series. Oh, the lizard was one of the main guys, Ben. But if he's not wearing purple trousers and a lab coat, I don't want any of it. I don't think Mick Leonard wants a single piece of that lizard pie. I don't want a single bit of it. I was much more disappointed with the lizard's look in that film than I was with um, Green Goblin or even New Goblin in the the first trilogy. I was looking at him going, 
Oh no, that's not the lizard at all. Where's his lab coat and his purple trousers? They've just made him into a lizard. <laughs> it's just a lizard with the face of Reese Evans. Yeah, Reese Evans lizard. Um, <laughs> it's it's an interesting film, isn't it? Like it, no, it really isn't. Um, it's, it's boring. Yeah, no, I was being kind. It's boring. Spider Man. Um, Spider Man is mean. Michael Sheen makes one of the stupidest fucking choices I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, Go on. So it turns out the only person responsible for Uncle Ben's death is Uncle Ben. Yeah, and Sandman. For being a dumb fuck. Um, Because what happens in that film, Michael, is the guy drops the gun. Nobody is in danger because the thief has run a couple of blocks down. Mm. And then Uncle Ben sees the gun fall out and goes, oh, I better intervene here and do something. He didn't have to do that. He was probably on some forums on the internet and they were like, you have to get, you have to intervene. You can't suffer from bystander (laughs) syndrome. Michael, it makes no sense. He didn't even use that gun in the robbery. No. He just grabbed the money out of the till. He was a ruthless opportunist, Michael. Yeah, snatch and grab. He's not even that bad a thief because he gives Peter his fucking milkshake. And then... And they never even say, Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. No, they don't even bother. They don't even bother. Because at the heart of this new Spider-Man, Peter Parker's a bit of a fucking prick. He's not the best, is he? He's, He's a bit mean. He's kind of a dick. He's a bit mean. He's mean to his parents. He's mean to Aunt May. He's he's just a bit of a dick. He's mean to robbers. He's not a good person. Like He's, he's mean to mean. New York cops. Yeah, he's a bit mean. He's a bit mean-spirited. He's a bit of a prick. And uh, I read one guy point out, he's just not a believable Peter Parker because he's a bit of a ride. <laughs> so handsome. From start to finish. Like, he's never an outside loser. He's just a bit of a ride. Yeah. Who, too sexy who's misunderstood. <laughs> he's too so sexy. Tom Holland, let's be honest. <laughs> Tom Holland looks like a child, though, so it's fine. You don't have to worry but about he, yeah, that. Yeah, he's playing a child. You're never going to be attracted to him because he's a little man. He's only his only little fellow. Andrew Garfield is a six foot something runway model who tried his hand at acting. Very strange. Very strange <laughs> altogether. It doesn't work. But anyway, uh, anyway, Michael. Anywho. Yes. That moves us on to Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is even worse than Spider-Man 1. Well, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is, is what happens when you don't learn any lessons. Both for Peter Parker and for Sony. This is the best part about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Peter Parker doesn't learn anything. Sony don't learn anything. The screenwriters don't learn anything. It's amazing. It's every yeah, go on, go on. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing Spider-Man too. But it's it's every mistake from all of the previous films combined into a single film. And then have your character learn nothing on top of that. Oh, insanity. Absolute insanity. So what we get in this one, Michael, my favourite plot hole in this, right, is one yes. of the key conceits of the first film Go is on. that he has to finagle his way into Oscorp. Well, kind of. Yeah, but he like he has no strings to pull. He has no connections. He has to do it all by himself. And then in the second film, we find out that he's only been best mates with Harry Osborn. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. And you're sitting there going, what? Hmm? Harold Osborne. Harold Osborne, the man who could have easily gotten him into Oscorp to speak to Dr. Kirk Connors. Dane DeHaan. Dane, everybody's, the greatest flash in the pan, Dane DeHaan. Um, yeah, ah, what an interesting film, Michael. Uh, so we get more of Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, which I actually think was one of the better choices. Yes. In terms like of it. distancing the film, she's very likable, um... She was dating Andrew Garfield at the time, so apparently they just let them ad-lib their flirty bitch, which is why they're kind of awkward. 
Right. Um, and so we get a slightly more interesting thing. And it's a shame because I think the suit in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is pretty decent. And some of the aerial shots are straight from the comics. Mm. Which was interesting here or there. I really like the fighting style at the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he's taking on the rhino. I'm like, oh, cool. He's using the webs and the environment. And it's classic Spider-Man. He's webbing up a bloody manhole cover, as they say, and he's flipping and jipping around the missiles. It's a classic flip and jip. Mm, um, exactly. And yeah, we're getting a little bit better. But then, Michael, yes, Andrew is Garfield it? is just so gosh darn unlikable. <laughs> as Peter Parker. As Peter Parker. Not, not in general, but as Peter Parker, he's still kind of a cocky, arrogant prick. He's so mean. He's so mean. Why is everybody so mean in these films? Um, so we get we get the rhino top and tailing. Mm. We get Electro for some reason. And we get Dane DeHaan as the gob. I think, Michael, and this is my quick pitch to fix this. Get rid of the hobgoblin. Make the rhino a bit character. Have that resolve itself a little bit quicker. And then make Spider-Man reckon with his cocky, I'm loved by everybody persona by giving him a weird stalker fan who goes off the deep end, gets a power, and then he has to deal with that. I think that would have been a great little film. Hmm. Interesting. I would have watched that because I'll tell you something, and this will get me in it? lots of trouble. Didn't hate Jamie Foxx's Electro. Hated him as Matt. Uh, I, I hated him as, uh, what's his name? Max Dillon. Max Dillon, because that's just a weird set of choices. That was a weird mm. set of choices. Um, he essentially played uh, Jim Carrey's character from the start of The Riddler. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. Um, yeah, very strange choice. But in terms of the actual characterization of the character, once he gets the powers... Mm. You know, the hoodie lost in, you know, a very disturbed person with a power set. There's probably a lot to work with there. Mm. Probably he looks quite to... good in the new one. He looks quite good in the new one because they've made him into a regular old person again. He's not going to be yeah. blue as much, Michael. Mm. He's um, going to be more human coloured. He's a bit more human coloured, a bit more Jamie Foxx by the looks of things. Mm. Um, so I think there's some interesting things there. There was a really interesting thing that they did in Amazing Spider-Man 2 because I remember going to see it in the cinema. And... Yes, go on. They did like a Kanye West style soundtrack specifically for Electro, where it was Electro's own kind of paranoid yeah. thoughts <laughs> running in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Very and good. that was really interesting. <laughs> and yes, I remember that watching Hans that Zimmer? going. Yeah, but I remember watching that going, that's kind of cool. Mm. Um, and then they fucked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Foxx in all the promo material for the new film seems to be like, how have I gotten away with this? Yeah. How am I back? Yeah. How am I getting another paycheck? How am I getting away with this? This is unbelievable. Benjamin. Yeah. Let's wrap it up there, I feel. Uh, can I just speak on the one more stupid, mean thing that they shoehorned in? Okay, go on. Gwen Stacy's death. Absolute bollocks. Tacked on at the end. Really fucking stupid. Well, look, Ben, at least there was no third film, so we didn't have to deal with it. But now, Michael, we're going to get to see them all again this very Wednesday. <laughs> Everybody's back. Every character that we've just mentioned is back. Fuck. Except poor old Dane DeHaan and... It's funny, no one is even yeah. mentioning. Are Dane DeHaan or, or James DeFranco coming back? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. I think, Ben, someone, someone again, I might be stealing this from the Reddit or the Discord, but someone suggested Timothy Chalamet for Harry Osborne. Yeah, I, I, I mean, everybody loves Timothy Chalamet. He actually probably has the chops to do it. Um, still not believable as an action hero, but that's okay. I'm, I'm not the target demographic if we cast Timothy Chalamet. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, no. Also, I really hope Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire aren't in it, but it looks like they are, and that's that. 
<laughs> ben, we'll give it a quick review on next week's episode, but we won't go too deep into spoilers because it'll be too soon, it'll Michael. It'll be too soon. We might not even say if if the two boys are in it or not. Oh, those boys, those spidey those boys. Two boys. We might not tell people if they're. In it. We, we probably will though. We'll probably spoil it by mistake. Ladies and gentlemen, have I been unnecessarily harsh on all the Spooderman movies uh, previous to the MCU reincarnation? Or am I bang on the money? Have you watched them recently? Will you be watching them before you go to see it? Are you excited to see a bunch of Spider-Man people come back? I am. I'm, I'm not. But that's okay. You can get in touch with us a bunch of different ways and let us know. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrabeug.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on Instagram at Sherlock Should Listen Podcast. It means Sherlock Should Listen Podcast. Yep, you can find us on Twitter at ListenSure. Look, you know you know what it means. Give us your opinions. Um, or the best way, ladies and gentlemen, to get in touch with myself or Michael is to get up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it there. Yeah, get up on it. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you think, what you think and how you're feeling. The link is down there in the description. It's down there in the description. Get in touch with us. You can see us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, hear us in a week's time, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be going through the best bloody Christmas plots in TV series. Oh, how exciting. How exciting. A classic uh, bloody let's look at all our favourite shows again. Oh, yeah. Does Supernatural have a Christmas episode? Oh, they definitely do, Michael. Remember, there's a whole demonic Santa God thing. That's great. I think I think Hercules and Xena had a Christmas episode. Oh, guess what we're watching this week? Bloody uh, Christian homophobe Kevin Zorbo. Yeah, he's not the best. Oh, he's a real dickback. Um, yeah. I find it quite ironic, Michael, because he definitely inspired a lot of young gay men to certain acts when he was younger. <laughs> but, <he> uh, <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't sit well with him. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk about that. Bye-bye. Bye. Next week, where we'll be disparaging Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Bye. Fuck Hercules. That's what they, yeah, I think that's what they wanted to do. <laughs>